Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Surreal Gerald Quinn. As we continue to look back at Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan classic games, um, we revisit a game seven, 1999, excuse, 1998 Eastern Conference final matchup against the Indiana Pacers. The game, of course, with Chicago Bulls won 88-83, a game in which um, this probably, this was without question the toughest um, game that the Bulls ever had when they were uh, champions, without question. Uh, You look back, they had only been in one other game seven uh, in that Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Phil Jackson era. And that was, of course, the Knicks in 92, and they won that game seven easily. Uh, they had been in a bunch of, of course, game sixes. Most of the series that they won, win the game, when they didn't sweep, they would win in six games. This one was a little, this one was a lot different. This was a game, a brutally physical game. Um, they were taking on a Pacer team that was ready uh, to try to win a championship. This Pacer team was a very good Pacer team. They were 58 and 24 in the regular season. They had a run from 94 to 2000, where basically they had they were in the conference finals five five times in seven years, including including making it to the NBA finals back in 2000. Their only appearance in the NBA finals. But look at their run they had: 94 to go conference finals, 95 and then losing the game seven, 95 conference finals, losing the game seven to Orlando. 96, they missed the playoffs. I mean, excuse me, 96, they lose in the first round to Atlanta. 97, they missed the playoffs. Then Bird gets there. This is the first of three years he would, uh, three years in terms of him coaching coaching them. They get to the conference finals, lose to the Bulls in game seven. 99, lose to the Knicks in the conference finals in the game six. And, of course, lose to the Lakers in 2006 games. So the Pacers had a nice little run here about seven years and this was a balanced pacer team you still had prime red this still was prime reggie miller this is 98 he wouldn't retire of course to 2005 so he still was willing was still in his prime still still an all-star still one of the best shooters in the nba uh rick smith was still was still effective you still had the davis boys um and they had a very young and deep they had a very talented Bench. I mean, they're coming off the bench with Travis Best, Jalen Rose, uh, Antonio Davis, Derek McKee. So they were deep. They were a deep team, and they again defensive team didn't you know didn't like to get up and down the court. Slow pace, you know, played at a, a relatively slow pace. But this was a team that uh, again was a uh, was a was a tough matchup for Chicago uh, going to uh, in '98. Now. Chicago, of course, this is the last season. You know, we were as we were watching the documentary, the Last Dance. This was, this was it. They uh, that season, they won 61 games. They, despite the fact that Scottie Pippen missed the first couple of months, they um, were a team. This was it in terms of this was going to be their last, their last team, their last time that, for them being together. You have Michael Jordan, who was MVP that year. He's at a stage in his career where he basically is a floor player. And I mean by that, he, you know, Air Jordan, he was not high-flying Michael Jordan. He was, you know, he was strong, physical, in the post, would pick and choose his spots. 
uh, when to score, would pick and choose his spots, when to expend energy. He was a, at this stage in his career, he was a guy who was a chess master out there on the basketball court. He was, it was about the mental part of his game at this, at this stage in, at this stage in his career. Leading up into this game, this was a very closely contested series. You had six of the seven games decided by six points or less. Uh, this game would be no different. The only blowout was in game five, where um, Chicago won like by like 21. And the Pacers, uh, again, the Pacers were coming off a of game six, where they, you know, were coming off an impressive, impressive performance in game six. And this, uh, you know, this is how dominant the Bulls were. Um, the Bulls played 12, um, 12 series between conference finals and NBA finals in their championship run. This, this was their only, out of those 12 series, this was their only game seven. So no game sevens in the conference, no game, no game sevens in the NBA finals, and only one game seven in the conference finals during that run where they won six championships in eight years. On the broadcast, of course, this is this when NBC still had the games. You had Bob Costas, Isaiah Thomas, Doug Collins, and Isaiah Thomas. Now remember, Marv Albert was suspended. He was in the midst of a three-year suspension. He had a, a sexual assault charge. Um, now he got charged with sexual assault misdemeanor. He pled guilty to that charge and did, uh, you know, basically, you know, he was fortunate that this this happened in 1997 versus 2020. 2020, his career would have been over. Because some of you read, you go back and read some of the details of that case, and it's like, ooh, it was, you know, biting women and some of the stuff that, that you know, you know some of those details were just crazy. Um, so you had Isaiah, you know, you had, uh, again, Bob Costas, legendary broadcaster, Doug Collins, who was the best color commentator in the business to me in terms of, uh, basketball analyst and Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas was good in this game. I mean, Isaiah Thomas was great in this game because Isaiah he didn't he didn't talk over the broadcast. He gave you a, a came from a player's perspective. Was was very you know was was good in terms of pointing out where Jordan was at in terms of you know you know when Jordan picking his spots, getting you getting you going into the psyche of a Michael Jordan because you know Isaiah was a great player as well. So. Isaiah was great in this game. He really was. Uh, when you listen, when you go back and listen to this broadcast, when you go back and watch this broadcast, this game was a slow-paced game. You're talking about, I mean, slow, like, to, to it, it would barely be recognizable in today's game. It wouldn't be recognizable. Both these teams played. There were very few fast breaks um, during the course of this game. Both these teams were in a situation where they were where they were you know, where they were uh, content to play half-court basketball. And you have a situation where Dennis Rodman is, isn't even starting at this point for the Bulls. He's coming off the bench. Uh, the Pacers get off to a fast start. They jump out 14-5. They, are, you know, they jump out 14-5. They are up 20-8 uh, at one point. Then Dennis Rodman comes in the game and changes the whole complexion of this game with his energy rebounding, Doing the little little th little things, Jordan at the first at the end of the first quarter only has two points in this game. Indiana is up twenty seven. Indiana is up twenty seven um, to nineteen at that point. Um, Chicago has a big defensive third, has a big defensive second quarter and holds Indiana to nineteen points. 
And Reggie Miller, you know, keeps the, uh, Indiana within striking distance with two big threes at the end towards the end of the half. And Chicago's up by three. Now, again, if you're Indiana going through over the course of this game, game seven, you are at this point, you're good. Like you are not stressing at all about about where you're at. You're down by three in a game seven. Indiana is a team that, you know, was a little bit, you know, they had some veterans, but had, you know, had better quality depth off the bench, thought that they could possibly wear um, wear Chicago out uh, over the course of during this game. That would not be the case, but that's what they were hoping. Um, watching this game, and you look at it, you look at Indiana coaching staff, you have Larry Bird, you have Dick Harder, who at this point is one of the best specialists in the in the whole entire league as a defensive guy. With he, he was the one that responsible, was responsible for their defensive schemes. And you have a young, young Rick Carlisle, who would, of course, end up going on uh, to have great success coaching, you know, Indiana, Detroit, as well as, of course, winning a championship in 2011 with Dallas. Um, Chicago destroyed uh, Indiana in this game off the offensive glass. They out-rebounded Indiana 22-8. to Total rebounds, they out-rebounded Indiana 50-34. And that, to me, was, I mean, that was the difference in the game. Um, Indiana shot 48%. Chicago shot like 36 to 38%. Uh, but it didn't matter. Uh, when you're getting out-rebounded at that rate, then it just, I mean, I'm thinking about it. In this game, Indiana only got 50, only got 56 shots. Chicago took, Chicago got 76 shots in this game. And that was, you know, that was a, a, a that was, that was something that Phil Jackson teams have done consistently, whether it be the Lakers and the Bulls, they always pound you on the glass. They always pound you on the glass. And, it, you know, you saw that you see, you know, we did a couple weeks ago, we did game, game seven, Lakers, uh, Celtics, where the Lakers killed the Celtics on, on the glass. And despite the fact that the Celtics outshot, outshot them, a game where, you know, Kobe Bryant has 15 rebounds. Um, you had um, Paul Gasol with, with uh, 18 rebounds in that game. And, you know, that, that has been a constant was a constant theme throughout the course of Phil Jackson's career with team with, with, with his particular teams. Um, cool coach was made was big in this game. Twenty one points, fourteen in the um, fourteen in the fourth quarter, and this was a game where Michael Jordan needed everybody. It was kind of like a culmination of all the years where he had been pounding on pounding on guys, berating guys. And all his tough love and all that came to all that, you know, really showed up big in this series, in this game. You had, you know, he was, Kukos was one of the guys where he would constantly get on. Steve Kerr. And those guys would, those guys had big games. That, you know, the one thing about Chicago, the one thing about Chicago, the one thing about the Lakers when during Phil Jackson's time time there was the fact that his role players and this is one thing Jackson does not get locked does, does not get enough credit for everybody talks about you know yeah he has Shaq and Kobe Michael and Scotty and Dennis Rodman so five Hall of Famers but Phil Jackson Phil Jackson's role players 
over the course of his career, whether it's a John Paxson, whether it's a Steve Kerr, Robert Ory, Ron Harper, uh, Rick Fox, you know, crew coach, all those guys, Derek Fisher, all those guys made big shots and big plays in key situations. You know, you have Ron Artest in game seven in, in 2010 with the Lakers and Lakers and Celtics. And it was no different in this game. Michael Jordan, frankly, was not good in this game. Um, this probably was one of the worst, this, in terms of big game performances, this probably was one of Michael Jordan's worst when you take into account critical game sixes or critical game fives, the fives, the series tied at two, or decisive games, whether it be the three game sevens, or whether it be a game seven against the Knicks, a game seven against the uh, Pistons, a game five against Cleveland. This is one of his worst performances. He was only nine for 25. Now, he did have a great floor game, played, you know, as usual, great defense, eight assists, nine rebounds, missed five free throws in this game, 10 for 15. And at one point, missed um, seven straight shots. Now, fourth quarter, he's, he's, he scores nine points. The majority of that was on free throws. It got to a point where he just said, you know what, I'm going to put my head down and I'm getting to the line. Put my head down. I'm going. That's it. I'm not selling for any jump shots. And most of, I mean, you really think about it, most of his, his shots were either were either in the paint or 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 were of the mid range variety. And this was a game where Jordan needed everybody in this game to win. I mean, this this was absolutely a team to win when you look at it. Um, this was the epitome of a team win when you look at the Bulls in this game. I mean, even with guys like, even guys like, you know, we talk about Robin's energy. Even Jeff Bushler gave them some good minutes. Had five rebounds. We already talked about Steve Kerr had 11 points off the bench. We already talked about what, what Tony Kugos, what Tony Kugos did. Uh, Scottie Pippen, 17 and 12, including just suffocating defense on Mark Jackson. And, you know, Pippen, we know Pippen's one of the great perimeter defensive players of all time, maybe the greatest perimeter defensive player of all time with, with, with Kawhi Leonard, you know, coming fast with what he's been able to accomplish in his career. But, you know, he completely took Mark Jackson out of his game. I mean, he's pressing Mark Jackson up full court, full court, you know, 94 feet. And just, you know, Indiana's getting to their offense late. Um, He's um, trying to see where Reggie Miller is at in terms of uh, when he's, he's, he's pressing Mark Jackson and, and turning his shoulder to see where Reggie Miller is at to see where the screen is going to come from. Uh, fascinating game to watch as far as the games within the games, as far as where these two teams were at in their respective runs to try to win a championship. Uh, again, it was not a pretty game. A lot of missed shots, a lot of fouls. A lot of stretches where the teams had a tough time scoring. No thirty-point court. No no thirty-point quarters. When you look at this, uh, when you look at this game, a bunch of a bunch of quarters where you know you look at Indiana, they have um, three quarters. Look at Indiana. Indiana had you know three quarters where they stuck. Where they two quarters where they struggled to crack twenty points. Chicago had two quarters where they struggled to crack crack twenty points. But this was one of these games where. Um, Chicago won it on their championship moxie, and they won it with the championship medal. 
And it, um, they did not overwhelm Indiana. It wasn't. They were not going to over, overwhelm Indiana with talent. Indiana was not going to fold. Um, it's going to be a game where Indiana is going to be kicking themselves for two reasons. Number one, Indiana has a, had a three-point lead late in the fourth quarter, over midway through the fourth quarter at 77-74. They have a jump ball. Chicago gets the jump ball, and Steve Kerr makes a three. From that point on, uh, Indiana was outscored to end the game by uh, by Chicago. Nine to uh, Indiana was outscored at that point by uh, Chicago to uh, to end the game, like eleven to three, or eleven to six at that point. Uh, to end the game, they up seventy seven seventy four. Um, Indiana only scored nine points, like in the last like seven minutes. In the last six minutes, Indiana had only nine points in that in that stretch. Um, and you know, after all these years of watching Reggie Miller, t- twenty-two points, but had no points in the fourth quarter, only had one shot, which is remarkable when you think about it. At the time when you're watching the game, you say there's no way you wouldn't even dream that Reggie Miller would only get one shot. But the reason why Indiana lost his game, besides the rebounding numbers. And besides the uh, rebounding and missed free throws, Indiana missed a bunch of free throws, but so did Chicago. I mean, both teams were horrible at the line. Uh, both teams were like Chicago was uh, – Indiana was 23 of 37. Chicago wasn't that much better, 24 of uh, 41 from the uh, 24 of 41 at the line. Like I said, even Jordan missed five free throws. The reason why Indiana lost this game is very simple to me in watching it all these years later. I've, first time I've watched this game in, in, in about maybe five or six, in at least five or six years, and occasionally I come on on NBA TV with the hardwood classics. Indiana did not have a guy that they can get the ball to that can give you two points. Um, they run their offense through Rick Smith in the fourth quarter, and I'm like, Rick Smith was a good player and had some big games in this series, but you're not beating the Chicago. You're not winning a championship running your offense through Rick Smith. You know, he's not, he's not the, you know, Kim Olajuwon here. And that's the first thing. And they did not have a guy who can put the ball on the floor and get, and get buckets. Jalen Rose had two big, big buckets in the fourth quarter, but he was not at that point in his career like he would be two years later when he helped Indiana get to the finals. And when I probably, he probably was their best player in 2000. He was at that point to where he can uh, get, he can create his own offense and create for others. He wasn't at that, wasn't at that point yet. Mark Jackson, yeah, can create offense for others, but cannot, couldn't get his own shot. Travis Best, good energy guy, quick, quick, but you don't want, you don't want Travis at that point. You didn't want, you don't want Travis, Travis Best running your offense. Reggie Miller, of course, needs screens was a catch-and-shoot player, needs screens to get open and make shots. He's not beating people off the dribble uh, and getting to the the line. You need a guy, a perimeter player, preferably, to get to the line, to be able to handle the ball and get to the line. And you think about it, and I was thinking about this too watching this game, it's probably a reason why Utah couldn't beat Chicago. Because John Stockton, though, can create for other other people, could not – Get his own offense to where it, you know he could where you where at the end of the game John Stockton is um, getting buckets and getting to the line. Carl Malone need needed Stockton need somebody to pass in the ball to get his own offense. 
So one of the reasons, you know, why Chicago were winning championships and besides having, the, yeah, they had the best team, had the best player. How many teams they face in that run to where you had a perimeter player that can get the, that can create his own shot for not only other people, but for themselves. One time, look at their one loss in this stretch, 95 Orlando, Penny Hardaway. Get his own shot and get shot for others. So I thought that was the probably the number one reason, a big reason why Indiana lost this game. Regardless of that, Indiana, if you're Indiana, you absolutely could have easily won this game. I'm not gonna say you should have won this game because if you can't control your own go your own backboard, you don't deserve to win. But it, this was a very winnable game for Indiana. It's very winnable. It would be a tough film to watch if you're Indiana. I'm probably sure that Indiana has a wide. I'm probably sure that you know, if you're Larry Bird, if you're Reggie Miller, if you're anybody part of that team, that you probably haven't even watched this film. Chicago was beatable. They were they were not good in this game. They were not. They were they were they were definitely beatable. But it's again, again, is knowing how to win. I mean, when you get to a certain level, you saw this with Chicago throughout the course of their championship runs. You saw it with Houston when they went back to back. You saw it with, with the Lakers on two separate occasions, and you know, with Shaq and Kobe, and then with Kobe and Gasol, and you know, the in the early 2000s or the late 2000s. This, this, I mean, Sean, with the Spurs all those years, it's a big deal in terms of knowing how to win because a lot of these game sevens, and this one in particular, they're going to be ugly games. And you go look at the history of game sevens in the NBA, a lot of these scores are in the 90s, 85, 86, 90, 83. Look at, go, go, look at, go look at the last probably 10 to 12 game sevens in a conference finals or an NBA finals and look at those scores of those games. They have not been high-scoring games. There have been a lot of missed shots. Uh, you know, the difference between the game here and there is intangible in, in plays, hustle plays. So Indiana had to be kicking themselves after this game. This was an absolute winnable game for the Pacers. Um, again, Michael Jordan's performance in this game you know, he did what he had to do. Um, again, nine twenty-five. The Candace get caught up in. Obviously, it's easier to look at the scoring, his lack, the, the shooting or lack thereof. But again, in a game seven, those eight assists and nine rebounds and fifteen free throw attempts are big in a game seven. Fifteen free throw attempts. You're putting in extra fouls. You're stopping the clock. You're allowing yourself, down your team, getting rest. Um, putting fouls on key players for the Pacers. I mean, those are big, and those are big in a, in a game seven. Um, I thought that I'm looking at things that Indiana could have done. I, outside of the rebounding, I mean, from a strategy standpoint, again, they did not maybe, maybe a little bit more Jalen Rose in this game. Uh, Rose in this game played about 15 minutes. Uh, let me look up, look it up here. Rose played about 16 minutes, but again, he's at a, a stage in his career where he's not 
you know, he was a role player. He was an effective role player at this stage in his career. But this, to me, was by far the toughest series outside of them losing to Chicago, losing to Orlando in 95, that the Bulls had. Even tougher than the Utah series where both get, where game you had to, where you had game sixes and the Bulls had to make a, a, a last shot, basically, to win those game sixes, especially, of course, the Jordan shot in Utah in 98. Um Indiana pushed them. It's, it's, I mean, they pushed Chicago, and, and again, Chicago, you know, you look at how many players contributed to this win. I mentioned a Judd Bushler, a Robbins energy, Steve Kerr making shots, Tony Kugos just 21 points. Uh, they were, uh, so they had plenty, even Luke Longley with a big shot over the course of this game. Uh, so it would, they, Jordan had plenty of help during, um, during the course of, of this game. And Indiana just need Indiana just needed that guy who can get you a basket in a key situation. Like I say, you know, look at a football game, fourth quarter. You look at looking at fourth quarter pass rush in a fourth quarter of an NBA playoff game, particularly game seven. You need a guy that can go that can get buckets. It's just that simple. You need a guy that can get two points. Either you can throw it into him like a Tim Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal in their primes. Or a perimeter player that can create his own shot, or or and get to the line. And for all the great things Donnie Walsh did as the general manager of the Pacers, that is the one thing he failed them at. In particular, um, in um, one thing he failed them at during his tenure as a pace as, as a Pacer GM and president, not getting that not getting a, a that perimeter player. Um, that can consistently get shots and could be could could uh, come up big in critical situations in a playoff series. So Chicago wins this game by five. Uh, Pacers offense was non-existent in the fourth quarter, especially the last four or five minutes of the fourth quarter. Pacers had their chances in this game. Jordan had nine points in the fourth quarter, only had and again had a stretch where he could not buy a shot. Uh, missed seven straight shots going into the fourth quarter. Like that carried over from, you know, from the second half into the fourth quarter. Uh, you'll look at this. You'll look at Reggie Miller only having one foul, only having one field goal attempt in the fourth quarter. And just, it, it, again, I, I can't, that's to me, if you're Larry Bird, you've got to find a way to get Reggie Miller more shots. And it wasn't just Chicago defense, you know, which is great. It wasn't just, you give their defense credit, but, Reggie Miller is Reggie Miller. He's one of the greatest shooters in the history of the, of, of the NBA. You got to give him more shots than that. Again, I thought the game call was great with with uh, Costas, uh, Collins, and Thomas. Uh, Isaiah, who would go on, Isaiah was right on, to, was right on, was right in the mindset, in the psyche of, of Michael Jordan. He was right on top of that. And again, not you see a lot of guys who be ex players who are just not that good, especially all time great players who are just not that good at calling games. I mean, uh, Magic Johnson was bad, horrible during his time, and they had Magic Johnson calling NBA Finals games. Remember in the early, in the early '90s when they had Magic calling? I believe Magic called the uh, Portland series in '92. 
Your magic was bad. You know, get our, you know, coaching and broadcasting. Magic was not good. Everything else, magic has been an A plus in his life. Of course, Chicago would go on to win the championship this, that year. Uh, games, you know, in six games against Utah, a well-rested Utah team. Yeah, that's Utah has swept the Lakers that year. And again, we're going to do, thinking about the next couple games we're going to do, we're going to do a Utah. Of course, we're going to do that game six, Utah. That's definitely one of the games that we're going to do um, with this series of classic Bulls classics. And we're going to do a game of one of those Phoenix games in uh, 93. That was a wild series. So we're going to do one of those games. Haven't decided yet which Phoenix game I'm, I'm going to do, but we're going to do one of them. But uh, the Bulls are going to win a championship. Indiana was not done um, at all during after this. They were going to make the conference finals in 99 and 2000. Um, Indiana falls into a long list of teams that were denied by Chicago Bulls. Again, a laundry list of teams where you talk about the Utah Jazz, Seattle, Portland, Knicks, Cleveland. Orlando for that one year, for that year in 96, a lot, uh, just a laundry list of teams that Chicago kept from getting to the finals or kept from winning championships. Um, I don't get ever, I don't ever get the sense that Indiana was a championship caliber team. Um, like, if it wasn't for Chicago, Utah's winning a championship. If it wasn't for Chicago, the Phoenix is winning a championship. New York probably is winning a championship. Seattle's winning a championship. I'm not, I'm, I don't think that for Indiana. I, I think Indiana was just good enough to possibly get to the finals, which they did one time. I don't think that this would, they were, I don't think they were a championship roster for the reason that I mentioned earlier about not having that score that can uh, create his own shot and and uh, get other people involved and, 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 and create their own shot. And I think if you have, if you want to win a championship, and I don't care what era, you have to have a guy that could do that, that can create their own shot, and um, that can create their own shot and get to the line. Either you had that, either you had to have that, or have somebody, or have a Tim Duncan. You know, those when the Spurs won those championships early, the early Tim Duncan championships before Parker and Ginobili came along. They, um, it was, you know, they had a bunch of shooters and they had a bunch of shooters and guys like that, but they, they had Tim Duncan, like that, the, that's the ultimate equalizer. Houston had a Olajuwon even before they got projects. That team, they didn't have guys that can create their own shot in that, in that 93 team. So you either had to have a dominant post presence that was iconic or just, you know, a legendary guy like that, or have a guy as we moved into the 2000s that can get their own shot. That perimeter, that dominant perimeter player, that perimeter player, dominant perimeter perimeter player. So I try, as I try to speak here, um, Indiana had neither of those guys, and you know they did. You know Larry Bird did a phenomenal job when you look, think about it, um, with this team. I mean, they were a tough team. They were great defensively. They shot the ball well. They played. They were fundamentally sound. They had a deep bench. And they did an excellent job. Did an excellent job of developing talent. Travis Best, Jalen Rose, guys like that. They uh, Walsh did a tremendous job of putting together a teams. You know, getting veteran guys. Chris Mullen, Derek McKee. Guys played their roles. You know, the Davis boys. They were bruisers. That was their role. 
but that's not going to put you over the top in terms of winning a championship. But at the end of the day, you got to give credit where credit is due. The Chicago Bulls were a dynasty for a reason. They knew how to, again, they knew how to win these tough, gritty, grinded out games. And even in the finals, finals against Utah, that was a low scoring game. Where it was 80, game six, 98, with 87, 86. That was a defensive game. They knew how to win those tough games. They knew how to make plays, you know, down the stretch, make big shots, make deep, big defensive plays. And again, this game, all the abuse that 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 Michael Jordan laid on his teammates paid off in this game. There was a major payoff with with, with what with with that because those guys came up big in a game seven and. If one of those guys doesn't play well, if Steve Kerr doesn't make those shots, if if Coney Kukoc doesn't, you know, doesn't play well, they they don't win this game. It's just that simple. They don't win this game. If Rodman doesn't provide that energy off the bench in the first quarter, maybe they're down by twenty instead of only you know down by twelve. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of. The Real Deal Podcast, Bulls, Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan Classics. We'll be back next week with another and with another game, uh, another Bulls, Bulls Classic NBA Finals this time. I guarantee that. I will see you later on in the week with a Jordan documentary re- breakdown of episodes three and four. Looking forward to that. Enjoy the rest of the evening. Be safe out here. I'm out.